It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair Craft Beer Radio, episode 434, on August 27th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, as we listen to the wonderful tones of David Bowie. Is there life on Mars? Jeff? Uh, probably. There might be. There are rovers there. And they probably have some Earth life on them. Good point. Good point. Uh, one of my favorite Bowie songs. Great song. We'll play the rest of it uh, near the end. Yes. Uh, okay, so I just got back from my great eclipse vacation mm-hmm. where we made this big, long loop. We drove through Cincinnati, Bowling Green, Frankfurt, Nashville, Oak Ridge, Knoxville, Asheville, Boone, North Carolina, and back to Pittsburgh. Wow. So so I hope you brought some beers. I have many beers from points along that path. Very cool. And uh, too many to do tonight, but mm-hmm. tonight's going to be a sampling. And then you bought a special growler here. Yes. Well, a brewery from the start and ending point of my trip. So there we go. Awesome. Did you have it when you were there? No, no. I'm saying this brew gentleman's from Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. I see. And I started and ended in Pittsburgh. Yes, That's you all, did. All I'm saying. Well, they're technically Braddock. It's... Oh. Yes, I guess that's not the city of Pittsburgh, but we're not technically in Pittsburgh here either. True. All right, so let's drink it in the order that I acquired them. Okay. <laughs> I think that'll work. Like That should work, uh, palette-wise. Um, so the first one I got when I was in Cincinnati was this Rheingeist. We get Rheingeist here. Don't get that one. I've had, uh, you know... I've had the Mosaic, which I've is... had some Rheingeist I really like, mm-hmm. some that are... Eh. This one's Astrodorf. Astrodorf. And it says it's a hazy India pale ale. Those are in our, our uh, or at least my. Uh, I won't throw them out of bed. Yes. After door 6.0% alcohol volume, it's a, um, it's a collaboration with Pipeworks. Uh, the malts are two-row flaked oats and red wheat. Uh, one thing that I uh, noticed, I don't know if you saw the um, article I put on, on the 434. I did. It was a uh, Draft Mag article about these guys who... Um, who moved in, who decided to, after hating hazy IPAs, decided to go with it. And because they really found some interesting stuff going on. One of them well, was. They also were practically failing as a traditional right. German, um, German brewery. Making an alt is their main. <laughs> I get it, but yeah, not, not exactly the, the way the market's going. Uh, let me finish out this before I finish. So, uh, mm. flaked oats, red, two row flaked oats and red wheat. The hops are Bravo, Galaxy, Mosaic, and Hiller Tau Blanc. Good, good hops. I like those hops. Um, they were talking about how there's really interesting protein structures that form from the oats and the yeast and all the interesting okay. stuff that's going on. And that's that that's what made them really start to love the hazy IPA style or Northeast IPA because there was a lot more going on than simply throwing hops into a barrel. Mm-hmm. And when they got into the microbiology of it, they said, well, okay, there's actually some really interesting stuff going on. Yep. So I saw a six pack of of this. I saw that it was canned on August third. Okay. And I picked it up, and and then I got a second six pack of this, and this is the very last can. So it's not a new beer to me. I've had eleven of them. Lots of pineapple. Lots of guava. Mm-hmm. The guava is a really good call. Yeah, it's a softer. It's not. It's not so much citrusy. It's definitely tropical, mm-hmm. and it's a little more like green and rind. Yeah, a little. A little green, a little kind of almost Simcoe, like a, just a little, mm-hmm. not oniony, but a little dirty, just just a bit. Yeah, there's kind of that that interesting protein stuff you were talking about, right? I mean, now that we're getting, I guess, some science into it, you can kind of, when you have a bunch of hazy IPAs, you start to smell kind of this um, pudding custard cream type thing that's on them. And maybe that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm smelling that in this as well. Has a little bit of onion on the flavor. A little bit, but that's mostly done in like a in, in a in a guava way. The thing I one of the things I love about these Northeast IPAs is they really they're so smooth. They 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 really are so drinkable and and they feel. Um, like a 
have, have a viscosity almost like a good stout, right? There, there's a, mm-hmm. a real presence to them without them being these bitter bombs, and, and they really help you appreciate hops without them being overpowering. So I'm digging it. This is the Astro Dwarf from Rheingeist. So they said this is the, this is the uh, um, part of the article I was talking about. Uh, they discovered the haze in many Northeast IPAs they slapped under their microscopes weren't just the result of particular hot matter or suspended yeast, but a combination of lipids from oats in the grain bill, proteins from the barley and wheat, and hop oils. All that combines and biotransforms to create a haze that's greater than the sum of its parts. Almost like an emulsion or something like yeah. that. It's it's working for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, this one's not quite. This one's cloudy, but it, you know it's not one of those opaque ones right. like you get from like the Brudenelman one, mm-hmm. as I remember. Um, but it's you know it's a style that, that none of us saw coming mm-hmm. because it was not done at all um, until really until the Alchemist started. Right? I mean, that was probably at least that was the big one. That was the one that broke through. And I I think the styles evolved beyond what Hitty Topper mm-hmm. was. Well, this, it, I imagine it would have to. Um, yeah, but it's not like it gets out. it's not like Hetty Topper is the gold standard. No, in it. right? You know, yeah, he was definitely the pioneer for sure. But not in the same sense that um, you could talk about uh, Sierra Nevada being kind of the the pioneer of American pale ales, right? But it obviously moved way beyond what they were doing. When we were in Nashville, we had lunch at the Sierra Nevada Brewery. Talk about opulent. <laughs> oh my God, is the place beautiful? I mean, no wonder everyone thinks there's easy money in beer if you see what Sierra Nevada has put together. I mean, like, no, there's solar panels over the parking lot. The parking lot is white concrete, so it doesn't, so it reflects more light instead uh-huh. of, instead of absorbs heat. You know, like, they have these huge wooden barrels and where, the runoff from the roof collect and they use that to aerate their gardens in the front of the building. Um, so they use roof runoff to, you know, they collect it and it's, Oh my gosh. I mean, they're like, think of like some of the biggest fooders you've seen mm-hmm. double it. And that's the size of these barrels they have. Wow. And, uh, yeah, just for rainwater. No, they're not Oak barrels, right? right? They do have a, like a, they look like, they look like a fooder, but it's a, like a fiberglass facade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside the brewery, freaking beautiful. Uh, I remember we did the, see the, the inside of, of in the Anantra Bush facility, right? They have, they were there was that nice place with with a bunch of. Remember the brew house at New Belgium? Yes. Yeah, I mean it's it's like that, right? Mm-hmm. It's on par with how beautiful that thing was. Uh, the kitchen was <laughs> really interesting because they the menu is kind of like a bunch of small plates, and they'll bring out each dish as it's done so like we didn't get our fries until like dead last <laughs> you know so i mean it's hard to complain i had lamb tartare i bet that was good it's pretty good it's real good Fries, interesting texture right it's not beef so it's it's mm-hmm. got some probably a little bit gamey it had a quick yeah it had a quail egg on it and there was some kind of almost like an aioli or something you know kind of an oil like a you know Probably so, horseradish ale or something, maybe? Maybe something like that. It was good. But beautiful brewery. I, I was I, I emailed uh, Bill. Remember Bill Manley? I emailed him like last minute. He was busy. He couldn't get out to see me. He said he could see if he could get me on like one of the tours, but we got there after the last tour of the day. It was after we climbed Mount Pisgah. And, uh, you yeah, know, no big deal. I've seen a ton of brewery tours. Right. But man, it's a pretty brewery. We just downed this beer. We didn't really talk much about it. It's, That's I, like the other eleven cans that I drank. Yeah. It just goes down so it's easy. Really, really nice, really drinkable. Um, yeah, very. It doesn't leave a lingering bitterness. It just it leaves nice. Um, a, a guava is the main thing that's coming out. And, and it's six packs of any you know hazy IPA, yeah. which you don't get very often. I'm going to keep an eye out to see if it is in town. I hope so. And there's a local Rheingeist rep. I'm going to. And it's already, it. what, four weeks old, so that can hold for at least a couple yeah. of weeks. And I'm going to hit up the local Rheingeist rep and see what its status is because this is my favorite Rheingeist. It's really good. It's real good. All right, so after we left there, 
Uh, I guess the next thing I acquired was some Buffalo Trace whiskey, but I guess we're not going to do that Probably on the show. Not, no. All right. Uh, not on, a, on a Sunday. <laughs> so I guess we'll do this Balter Beer Works. This was uh, after the eclipse. We uh, spent the night in Oak Ridge, and then in the morning after we toured the American Museum of Science and Energy, we went to Balter Beer Works for lunch in Knoxville. So this is interesting because this is – Jeff would not normally bring home a crowler of a beer – Unless he liked it. This is a Belgian pale ale, which is not a beer that he tends to enjoy. Not, yeah, not not necessarily one of my first go-tos. But the growler that I brought home is not necessarily what I the growler I expected to get from that brewery either. Right. 5.1% Belgian pale ale. Baltimore Brewers does not have anything else about the... Uh, about the beer, and neither does any of the sites. Okay. So, Balter seems like, uh, I think they're like two or three years old. Brew pub. They had a really good kitchen. I had a um, good lunch there. Uh, Heather's lunch was even better than mine. And they've had like six different beers on tap. Nothing too crazy. I mean, they had a kind of a run of the mill, you know, Eastern style IPA. Um, Porter's real good. I got to crawl over the porter, but I got to make sure Heather allows me to do that on the show. It might get drank before then. Um, I'm trying to think, but this is the one I thought was most interesting. So it's got a, a copper, a uh, dark copper tone to it. Uh, it's got some nice carbonation on it. About uh, half a finger's worth. Sweet. Yeah, so it has a, a mix of kind of a caramel toffee thing going and then there's a big estery note too some yeah. pear uh, a little bit of banana and um, that's kind of you know what you're getting in in the two parts of the aroma smells yeah it smells like a, yeah, a, a caramel apple would be very nice right now yeah I really liked I really liked the ester profile on the aroma there now moving on to the flavor the pilsner malt's more apparent right Ooh, you're getting very this, much so you're getting kind of this more scratchy, not quite rye, but a little bit more spicy malt character. Yeah, that that was interesting because that was not what I expected. And then you know, once you're done looking at that, yeah, it's not even a, really bready. It's 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 very boy. I don't know how quite to describe it, but it's it's a very um, pilsner's the best way to go. Mm-hmm, but yeah, but then there's a, a big caramel. Not even I wouldn't say toffee. This is caramel, uh, dolce de leche type sweetness to it, or something like that. And yeah, it's not quite as um, out there as a um, raging bitch because raging bitch has a little bit more of a sort of out there Belgian quality where it almost leans towards a little bit of funkiness. This yeah. is reining in the sort of funkiness, and it has more. Stuff going on with those esters and with the the candy like notes that are coming out of it. Yeah, uh, the first two sips I got on this, I haven't got the esters like I got on the nose. Uh, there's a fair amount of bitterness that I did get on my second sip, kind of laying on the tongue in the middle. Uh, I remember, I, so I had this on tap. It was livelier. It was more carbonated. It came across as a bit drier. It didn't seem so sweet when I had it on tap. Crowlers, I think we found tend to lose a little bit of carbonation along mm-hmm. the way. They're not as um they're just they're not as well adapted to the role as say the growler I think there's more space that's left when you do a crowler. It, it could be. It's hard to say. I haven't had enough crowlers to really draw that opinion. But this one I remember this one being more lively. I remember this one tasting more like a duval. But there was also the the mindful that we had, I mean, the growler where it lost mm-hmm. carbonation like yeah. it, even a couple hours. I remember drawing better, more comparisons to Duval, and this one is coming across as too sweet out of the crowler for that. It's it's not bad at all. I, I am enjoying it. it but I didn't mean to say it's bad. I'm just saying, wouldn't you agree this is much sweeter than something like a Duval, where you get, or maybe you're not fresh on what Duval I is? I mean, the, the, the thing that's coming to my, my mind when I drink it is actually more of a Belgian uh, double. Okay. It, it kind of skirts that line because I feel like it's more sweet than it is hoppy. It, it's got more of those estuary qualities. I'm with you. I'm with you. The one that I remember drinking out of the tap was a little bit drier. So it reminded me more of like a golden strong, something mm. like that. Okay. 
But yeah, I know you, you calling it a double for the beer that we just poured out of the crowler. It's it it's there. It's it's reasonable. Is that one of my kids screaming, or is that outside? <laughs> Who can know? Who can know? But I mean, I'm still tasting a very well put together beer. The Belgian fermentation in this is it's awesome. You're getting lots of bright esters. It it's not hot. It's not scratchy. It's not, you know, it just seems like they really got the fermentation on this one down. And the malt bill, that Pilsner type character is unexpected. Yeah, but... it really, it really sticks out when you first taste it because it doesn't, it, it it doesn't seem like it will be apparent, but it is very apparent when you when you take a you take your first sip. It's just it, it's an unexpected grain mm-hmm. to to come across, to come across, and it is very it, it's weird because it's hard to. It's so hard to say you'll taste a particular grain because you have to really tune your tongue to yeah. understand that. Just mm-hmm. like we've been doing it mostly for hops, but a, a little bit of the tuning for grain. Mm-hmm. But I could really tell instantly yeah. that there was something different about the grain bill. I think that Pilsner malt is is fairly common in Belgian ale, you know Belgian ales and Belgian pale ales. It's just this one kind of the spicy side of that kind of especially on that first sip just really stood out. This is the Balter. Beer Works out of Knoxville, Tennessee, their Belgian Pale Ale. Filled on 822. On my sister's birthday. Four days and four years apart. Wow. There must be some special event nine months before that. Thanksgiving, as I understand it. In fact, we, we know... We... We know when we were both conceived. <laughs> and nice. where. So. <laughs> All right. So from there, we headed across Tennessee to Asheville, North Carolina. I haven't been in Asheville in Since like seven years. Right? years. I mean, yeah. You used to go down there when you were part Place, of the... Uh, went to Asheville once when I went to NetApp. And then we went down there once for a vacation. But this is my third time there. Place has doubled in the number of breweries since I was last there, if not more than doubled. Um, you can walk around downtown and get to so many. Some of the ones that stood out, um, got some beer from them, but I'm not going to have it tonight. Uh, Burial Beer Company was, was one that stood out. Another one, um, Twin Leaf. I stopped at Twin Leaf, and they had some pretty... They had a, a saison called Lagrange Point. I don't know if you saw my tweet. I'm like, I'm I did, <laughs> yes. You weren't sure which one, but you thought it was L3, which <laughs> tasted like L3. <laughs> no? I'm trying to figure L1, L2, L3 is the opposite side, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I was teasing, but uh, I just picked an arbitrary Lagrange point. But I thought it was a funny tweet. I wondered how many people got it. And then Tim Weber is the owner. Uh, I met him out at the Great American Beer Fest. He used to live in Philly, he was a home brewer. And he, you know, went Asheville to open his brewery a bunch of years ago. And I haven't talked to him or seen him since. So I really want to go check out their brewery. And uh, he did give me this beer and one other one. This is Simple Machine. Oh, so I will put a star on here that it was provided by the brewer. This is a hoppy lager. 5% alcohol by volume. They are like right across the street from the Wicked Weed Funkatorium and like walking. Oh, oh, what was the other brewery that I thought was really top notch? The Bamari. Um, I had three or four beers there. I wish I could have had them all. They had some really interesting stuff going on. All right, so this beer pours a hazy straw. Yep, better fingers worth the head. So this is interesting, right? Because we just kind of talked about we really don't like IPLs and things like that. Now, this one just says hoppy lager. They're not really necessarily going for IPL, but if you smell it... At 5%, it's not huge. Um, Didn't have any information on this on the website. Uh, Citrus, on the the back of the can, there's Citrus, Centennial, Amarillo, and El Dorado. And, um, okay, so... You said one of their brewers brewers was called Lagrange Point. This is called Civil Machine, and on the back... They talk about the lever, pulley, inclined plane, wedge, screw, wheel, and axle, the simple machines, right? Mm-hmm. As we imagined, more complex machines ascended from the Stone Age to the Space Age. So clearly they have a motif that they're going Oh, yeah. For. I mean, Tim, was he was an engineer. 
he, his most recent job before he was, you know, starting a brewery was he worked like at a gun sight place. He was, mm. you know, designing laser gun sights and stuff. Okay. So when you smell this thing, I mean, those hops you read off, right? The Citra, the Eldorado, Eldorado. Um, Centennial Amarillo. The Amarillo, the Citra really stand out. You know, the other ones kind of play supporting roles, but my nose is really picking up those two. We get we went from pretty bright hoppy mm-hmm. to bright estery to dank. Yeah. And I'm getting I'm getting a really strong orange. Almost like, you know, like the, the or like you take the orange peel and you squeeze it and you get mm-hmm. all those little like, that uh, all that bitter orange oil. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm trying not to hold it against the beer. Because it is a flay issue more than anything else. That because I to go from bright to dank, okay, it feels like it feels like I'm losing something, but I'm not. It's just the flay. This one's not. So this one still has a. I mean, for a hoppy lager, I like the brightness in this one, even on the first sip. I'm getting something that is kind of. It isn't the tropical. It's not the guava and stuff, but it's it's on the citrus side of the fence. But it's really juicy. It is you know, better than I had anticipated. From this tastes kind of dry to me, and it feels like it's drying my mouth a bit. Okay. Um, the the hops are the, the lingering note is kind of more of a um. Hmm. It's not something fruity. It's something more vegetably than fruity. Uh. It's kind of a celery-ish with... Okay. There's, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of celery leaf or some kind of greens yeah, in there. Yeah, with, with some kind of uh, orange notes, I suppose. Okay. Uh, the the malt on this is very light, very unobtrusive, right? It, the hops are showcasing yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So... I'm wondering if the water is pretty hard. I wonder if that's something that I'm tasting in here because... I mean, the quality of water in a Northeast IPA, for example, has to be very specific and very not hard, very yeah. soft. I mean, actual water generally turns out some pretty good beer. Um, it it just it yeah. it could be. You would think it should be suited, though. Yeah, I, it's not hitting me right. But the thing, like, I know, I find no flaws with it. I find nothing wrong with it. I, I expect people will like it, but I think flight is playing a major role here in how I'm looking at this beer. And that, I just want to, you know, put that out there because yeah. When, when Tim handed me the hoppy lager to try, yeah, I was kind of like was hesitant, right? Because not very often am I really enamored with this style of beer. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not being kind on my review because I know Tim and he made gave me the beer, but I think I really like this one. I mean, I mean, when I say really like, I mean genuinely like, not. I'm skewed to like it, right? I just this is hitting the right thing. Okay, for well, me. so how would you? So when I think of really like, I think that it's not you, not right. just like it. You yeah. really like. Yeah, it. that's when I when when the words came out. That's what it sounded like. Okay. The words I mean is I think I like this, regardless of how I obtained it, and I think I like this better than just about any hoppy lager, India pale lager that I have had. And that's a that's statement. that's a that is a bold statement. And that's why I'm trying to check myself to make sure my friend part of it isn't coloring my thing, but I don't think it is. And then I'm gonna now let me take another sip here and I'll talk about what I do like about this beer. I just the hops, you know, are coming across you know, I'm actually getting get a little bit of Mountain Dew. No? No. So I'm getting, you know, pretty sweet hop. See, you, you see, we were saying dry. See, now that my tongue's adjusted from from it, it's not nearly as dry and minerally as it seemed in the first sip. Now I'm getting a much more rounded still, beer. Still dry to me. Okay, I'm tasting a much more rounded beer now. That last sip kind of reminded me a bit of Mountain Dew. I was getting like other citrus flavors. It was sweet enough to kind of you know fill that out. No, Greg's no. shaking his head. We're just going to disagree on I this. I think one. so. I think we just. Our tongues are, are very different on this one. Um, I don't dislike it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'm, I'm not pouring it out. I'm not saying, oh, I I can't drink it. Um, the other two to me were were much more um, inviting. Sure. Just this one just feels very closed off to me. Very very, and and again, it's just the way I'm approaching it. 
But right, I'm trying. I'm approaching it from an angle. You know, ideally a beer would be approachable from all angles, uh, and this one isn't. But um, yeah, I, I I'm just I, I can't say I'm a I, fan. No, you don't have to. It is okay if you aren't a fan. All right, Actually, a little bit of beer left in there. Next. So a walk across the street brings you to the Wicked Weed Funkatorium. Anheuser-Busch. Sell out Funkatorium. They, they have red like... Lights, a, red light. They have like a... Like a acoustic string band with a stand-up bass there. You know, it was all hipsters and everything. You know, it was like they were putting the effort into keeping it... Mm-hmm. To keeping it Asheville. Um... Had a few of their beers. Some, they had so many. They probably had 12 to 15 Breck beers and another 12 to 15 sour wow. beers on tap. So this is Brettabolic. This is their um, Brett Table, for, Brett Farmhouse. Yeah, the Brett, I also have the Brett. Br- 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 well, it's Bertificent. It's like magnificent, but with Brett at the beginning. Bertificent, Bertificent, something like that. Have that one. I got a couple of sours. I got uh, six different wicked weeds and all. Wow! Only for eighty-eight dollars. Brett about beats with the rhythm of a two-chambered heart, river flowing and pumping to send little lifeblood throughout all this. T- uh, geez, this is hard to read with the background. It was also in a cooler with water, so I'm sure the label's a little wrinkled and. No, it's not that. It's just the background and and the white text on the background. It just it doesn't okay. provide. Well, don't pictures. read it. You don't need to read. Oh, it's right here. <laughs> you don't need anyway. to read it anyway. You don't need poetry speak from Wicked Weed. Let's see if the beer is good. After, <laughs> did you like my tweet? I said I'm a Wicked Weed. I'm sure this stuff was better a couple months ago. <laughs> I didn't see that tweet. That is good. So it's very dark. Uh, a, a very, um, I would call it a dark bronze. Uh, it's. Oh my goodness, that's 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 a stink. That has like a not. It's worse than cheese, like wash my trees. That's like dirty feet. This is not. It's a stink. Not Ooh. the yeah. It's not the the a bouquet. Ooh. None of the ones I had when I was there. I had the Bretificent on draft, and that one was a pretty mild. This one's a musky sour, or not sour. Not sour is in like lactic, but. Like moldy, spoiled stink. So here's what they say about it in terms, if I can cross off the marketing speak. It's an oak-fermented beer, entirely oak-fermented. Mm-hmm. Uh, local River Bend malt and aged hops, noble and German hops. All right. They don't give you any... Mm-hmm. That's all they tell me, so... Okay, the stink is kind of aired out. I'm, or I got used to it. It doesn't smell like... Awful gross anymore. I'm getting. It never smelled awful gross to me. Oh it, really? It, it okay. did smell like a lot of stink is going on, but the, my first two sn- my first two sniffs were like awful gross, and you know, and I like that was a little awful gross. I like really stinky stuff, but that first two sniffs were, were rough. And Ooh, now that, that that was a little dumpster. <laughs> I just got a little dumpster. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is this <laughs> it's a tough this one. is it's um, a... un unattended fish tank. <laughs> This is kind of. This has all types of stink on it. This is not. Uh, see, I can't get anything too bad right now. Even if I do a swirl, if I cover my nose. Let's see, maybe maybe mine is a little bit more smelly. It has Greg stuff too, because right? I was close to it. I'm getting like kind of like a piney thing on yours, almost like uh, the pine tree air freshener or pine forest. On mine, I thought I was getting like hints of lavender, but I couldn't get it a second time. Okay. Um, a lot of the stink actually comes through in the flavor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's about that's true. Um, it it doesn't taste much different than it smells. I think it tastes. I mean, I'm not tasting the dumpster. No. I'm tasting, but, I'm tasting complex flavors that may be an acquired taste, but they're well within acceptable ranges of, of stinky to me. Yeah, okay. 
Yes, let me qualify that. It's not like I taste a dumpster, but I do taste a challenging beer mm-hmm. that is um, not not a beer for beginners, uh, not even necessarily a beer for experts. Um, maybe it's just uh, maybe this is playing into with the last beer too, because I'm not really okay. I'm not super enjoying this. Great Kate's Asheville. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's the water, but I know, I know. I thought, oh, it's a bad beer from Wicked Weed. How can I go wrong? I mean, I know, and I just purchased them for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. No, I I was talking with someone who I'm not going to name from Asheville, and they said. Uh, Now, the PR always seemed manufactured in the beer meh. Huh. Which she was saying about Funkatorium, even before AB. She does work for a competitor in town. Oh, now I'm, now I'm outing. I'm doxing her. I, was, I said they at first, and now I said she. It kind of feels like an unmature sour. It, it, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it that I'm getting. It, 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 it tastes like it smells. It has some caramel tones and some some slight oaky tones not not enough once i got past the initial stink of it i'm i'm warming to it do you want any more do you want some maybe try some of the no dredge at the bottom no No? okay i'm warming to it it's it's getting a little bit lambicky to me i'm getting a little bit mineraliness and you know lollipopy sweetness in the back too that's that's not very appealing. I I want beers like this to be complicated and interesting, mm-hmm. and instead of just off center, right? I, I want I want them to to have more to their appeal than simply being a, a taste you you don't get. But but I want them to be complex and have stuff to to engage you. And I'm not really being engaged by this. We're we're on different tracks tonight because this one is engaging to me. You know, the things I'm enjoying about it is, I like the, I'm not getting the lollipop part. I'm you know, it's fairly dry. It's giving me some kind of rustic saison type notes. The, the Brett, uh, and also I'm thinking of a couple of lambics that I've had. You know, there's a bit of like a Cantillon type character going on in there as well. Um, it is that that kind of toffee malt thing in there makes it different than a saison right it makes it a little bit more rich taking it towards a double or a belgian pale or something but i'm trying to think of a, another similar it's not like it's not like um whichever the i was, I was wondering if it was like the dark new belgian base beer Felix oh, uh, or Oscar? Yeah, Oscar or Felix? Which I can't remember which one. I want to say but, Felix, but, but their culture has a lot more lactic acid to it. You know, a lot more uh, sour to it. Right. Not if just you funk. look at another base beer, um, uh, Cosmic uh, Grandmother Funk, whatever that was called, KMF Grand Cru. Yeah. yeah, that had a, so. I mean, this is sort of similar in terms of what it's going for in flavor, but that has so much more character and so many. Well, this one has a much more monoculture culture to it right mm-hmm. this one's just brett it's not inoculated so much with a bunch of other things um i'm getting kind of a tea flavor in there as well that's kind of how the malt's coming across it's kind of like a, a brown tea um, i guess i just think it's like when a beer is like this I, I, like i said i want there to be dimensionality to it and i'm feeling a lack of dimensionality to it. i feel a very standard like the the astro dwarf was very good at being a very standard thing, at being just something that you could drink and that wasn't going to surprise you, but it, it really worked well. This, I feel like, it's kind of a, a single chord, and it's not really... It's not... It, if a beer is going to be this way, then I think it, it needs to have, for my tongue anyway, it needs to have that excitement around and the other okay. stuff going on. If it's going to be like this and not have that, then it just feels like a downer. All right, I, I, I address this. Um, 
Yes, but where am I going to put it? In your glass. Oh, I'll get on to the next beer. We've already spent a lot of time on this beer. Look at that. I'm doing a pretty good job pouring it back into the bottle. Yeah, no spills yet. And as I say yet. I'm a pro. Wow. Well done. Rinse that good because we are changing lanes here. We're pulling across six lanes of traffic and not using any mirrors. Yeah, do that. Make sure you know the jacket trick. <laughs> Listen to the pre-show. Yes. All right. So on the way back, we took the Blue Ridge Expressway, which is on the crest of the mountain. There's very few ons and offs. It's beautiful drive. Went to Mount Mitchell, the highest point on the East Coast. Went to a hike where we saw a waterfall. We can't Boone, North Carolina, where Appalachian State University is. And uh, like college town must be a brewery here. Let's find a brewery before we had to make the final push home. Mm-hmm. So we stopped at the Lost Province Brewing Company. Kind of a restaurant brew pub. They have their own pizza oven there, and they bake their own bread. And I can't get the growler cap off. It's in my stainless steel East End Brewing growler. They had a beer called Kiss Margarets. Kiss Margarets. And it was described as a southern lager with corn grits. And I had to get a taster of that, but I did not expect it to be a beer I would be uh, enamored with. They call it the lightest colored beer they brew. Uh, it was using old, made using old-fashioned yellow corn grits from Lindley Mills in Grand, North Carolina. The corn lightens the body, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Cascade hops. 5% alcohol by volume, 11 IBU. Lots of head on this, poured from Jeff's vacuum seal growler. Well, vacuum growler. In vacuum, double wall double growler. Wall growler. Yeah. Uh, it, does, it is a light pale. It has a, not just a vague, but a pretty strong smell of corn coming off of it. Sweetness, yeah. kind of like a corn on the cob. Yeah, when you smell it, but the malts are coming through too. You know, they're they're kind of a, a pale malt. Yeah. Maybe maybe something like a. This is the coldest beer we've had because it was in that. It's in the vacuum seal growler. growler. So yeah, uh, you know, so there's like other base malts in there. I, I would maybe Victory. You know, I, I hardly I don't have enough experience with big doses of mm-hmm. the secondary palish malts, but there's definitely a good malt character in here. And then yeah, that corn smell like that. that Grit smell just is right off the top, and you know Greg is a fan of good cream ales. And while this one's not technically a cream ale, it has many of the same components. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that has that cracked corn, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not the cream corn; it's the cracked corn. It's so important. It's so vital to get that because it's it's a little bit of the dryness that that needs to be there. You need to have it not go right into sweet from the corn. Mm-hmm. So you need the hops to sort of give it a little bit of bitterness, I think, that helps present the cracked corn aspect. Isn't that really good? It's very good. Essentially, it is a cream meal, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of what it's presenting to me, what it's giving me, which right. is sweetness and, and, and uh, uh, ale-like quality. How clear that is. Crystal clear, golden color, moderate head to it, realizing shaving cream style head. And, yeah, so you get in the corn. I think it's a cream meal for sure. Corn hits you, dries out. You taste some of the other malt characters in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you get some light crackers, some biscuits, and stuff like that. Uh, so what I'm looking I, for. I, that's... I, I, I tweeted, you know, I'm like an hour ago. I was not expecting to be giddy about a, a southern lager <laughs> with corn grits, but here I am. This is a good. This is a good cream ale. This is what a good cream ale should taste like. It, it should have that cracked corn quality, and it should be a really drinkable. You know, have leave a lingering sweetness, but mm-hmm. really drinkable, but really. Um, Satisfying. Yep. This is Lost Province Brewing Company in Boone, North Carolina. Why can't they brew beers like this everywhere? Never know what you're going to find when you come off the Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah. I remember the last time we were at the JBF. We might go again sometime, but last time we were there, I went to... I I did a a loop doing hot beers, which was a bad idea. (laughs) <laughs> but I did also another look between cream ales and like there were some that were on it and there were some that were way off and you could tell mm-hmm. Maybe the ones that had the had that cracked corn was that was mm-hmm. the key indicator so we talk about cracked corn let's try to put some adjectives okay. to cracked corn 
Okay, so it's drier than a cream corn. It doesn't. It doesn't have this. Um, so cream corn, imagine, kind of tastes like canned corn water. You know that kind of flavor is right. what we're thinking about cream corn, where cracked corn is more of like corn grits, corn flour, right? Corn bread. Yes. So it's a little. I mean, the the the, the term that comes to my mind. Quick, it says snappier, which doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. taste wise. But it, it um, maybe it it has it has its flavor cut off at a point, so it doesn't it doesn't go smoothly into sort of creaminess. It it really kind of stops at a point where you get the corn taste, and then doesn't follow that through in the creaminess. And that's maybe the good way to describe it. It doesn't have this. It, it, um... Excessive vegetableiness, right? Like the DMS, mm-hmm. the you know some corn type. Yeah, it doesn't. Thing. It doesn't have sort of a butteriness mm-hmm. and and yeah. that kind of. And it, it's not necessarily creaminess, even though we say cream corn. But it's mm-hmm. there's something about. Yeah the the well, grittiness it's like the of ge- it. gelatinized part of the corn or something like that. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why it's creamy because it's more gelatinized. Or I don't know how better to express it. Unfortunately, I don't have that that terminology yet, but it's you're tasting the corn, but you're and, and the corn is very prominent in this beer. Right? It it is about the corn. So if you don't like the taste of corn at all, mm-hmm. then this is not the beer for you. But but you, until you've had a beer that's this well done, you might not know. You might think you don't that's like, possible. Yeah, you might think you don't like corn. You might not want to get sixty four ounces of it like right, I did. Right, but. You can... Uh, you got a whole growler full. Well, it was what I had to bring it home. True. And I knew that you'd dig it. I do. What's that sound? It must be blowing in the window. Well, when I hear that sound, for some reason, I think about purchasing things. Buying On stuff. the internet? Yeah, of course. On a website. Well, where else would you buy things? Would I use gopher? <laughs> yes, yes. Applaud that one. That was a good joke. Um, when you buy things online, there's one really big store on the internet, on the web, that you can go shopping and buy just about anything. You might have heard of it. It's called Amazon.com. No, it's called Amazon, but its URL has changed. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's now available through and only through craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's the only way you can access it. Don't worry about that it's changed for some reason. Don't worry about that for some reason now you have to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Because once you get there, it's the same old site that you probably have a Prime membership for. In fact, I would not go to amazon.com just plainly because I think it's a fake site now. So only go to craftbeerradio.com. That might be against the terms of our uh, affiliate program saying something like that. Okay, well, that may not necessarily be true, <laughs> but you should feel that way when you do it. Fake stores. It's a fake store. Anyway, the whole point is you get to buy all the stuff you would normally buy anyway, and 6% of what you pay goes to us to help us run the show. Buy beer you paid stuff. for that wicked weed beer that Greg hated. Hey, we had to do the experiment, right? <laughs> yeah. It also paid for this corn beer, so. Corn beer. Kiss my grits. Yeah, I mean, we're taking our time with a cream ale. A cream ale. Or a southern lager brewed with corn grits. So it's, you know, but uh, it's it's so delicate. and it, Yeah, it, that's, a good, that's a good way to put it. It is delicate. And there's no rough edges. Everything, I mean, the, you would expect going into some random brew pub in Boone, North Carolina. They got a southern lager. Oh, this is their locals beer. That kind of thing is what you presume. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I could totally see how this would appeal to right, that kind but of drinker. You you don't expect something so well crafted, a lager that is this in in this world of beer that we live in. No, I don't. In the world right. we lived in five years ago, I may have. Yeah. I'm just saying, unknown brew pub. You walk in, you, there's usually a tap that's the locals' tap that's for the people who order the Bud Light or the Coors Light. And then, you know, I tasted this, and not only is it an interesting beer with corn grits, but 
the locker part of it, it is smooth. I mean, there's no rough edges. Yeah. It just is well put together. And you make a good point, and it's probably something that I should discuss before I get before I lose the thread of thought about this. Because I, I have been, and I continue to be, pessimistic about the state of the brewing industry as it is today. The, the, the state of you know what's going on and, and where the future lies. But what clearly happens when a when a market expands this, this much and you have people coming in is you do get people who have legit skill making awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. This is an example of it. And it's something that it's the, easy to lose sight of. The counterpoint to this is you would expect just about every beer in Asheville to be amazing. And I had some downright. Well, no, that, that's not what I would expect. I had some, but you know, the competition in Asheville is insane. Everyone's buys local there. So you would figure if you're going to be a local brewery and survive, you got to be putting out good shit. I ordered an IPA from one of the old guard of Asheville breweries and it tasted like a Vienna lager. I remember that people... ordered an Oktoberfest from another old school brewery and what did it it was it was it was awful. And then I ordered a whip beer from another one, and it was awful as well. Remember that we can try to we, we try to be as objective as possible. We can never be fully objective. And there's a instinctive tribalism in people that that's there, and so people will latch onto a name, a brand, whatever, and they will stick by it through thick and thin, even when their beer is objectively or, or their product, I should say, is objectively the worst or or, or not up to par. Uh, so those are I've had I had three beers from three different breweries in Asheville that have been there for at least ten years, and they were disasters, all three of them. And it just kind of surprised me. I mean, two of them were on tap at a bar, not at the brewery, but the bar was a seemed like a well-run bar with a lot of local taps, and then one that IPA that tasted like a Vienna Lager was at the brewery. Um, it just it shocked me. And then you go to Bamari Twin Leaf Burial Beer Company. Um, even the book read Funkatorium, even though you may disagree, and you kind of get what you expected, Asheville. But I'm surprised of the of the other ones. A big market means a lot of uh, a lot of space for different. <laughs> things i suppose yeah i mean some people don't necessarily aren't necessarily in it for i mean we're, we're very clearly <laughs> in it for the the taste of the beer uh that's what we're going after and there are people who aren't in it for that there are people who are in it for the atmosphere there are people who are in it for um the the hipsterishness mm-hmm. there are people who are in it for various other things that, that are just as legitimate mm-hmm. our thing is not sure. the only legitimate way to, ex- to experience beer but it's what we choose sure, to, to sure. focus on yeah so i mean that was that was a note for me personally and maybe a note for some of you that you know Asheville isn't universally good beer and to me it was a little surprising that these these long-running establishments are making such a poor quality product mm-hmm. so when we look well, you won't mention those establishments i find, I find that What's interesting. That? you won't mention those establishments do I need to call someone's baby ugly? I mean, I, I don't know. Do you want me to? I mean, should I? <laughs> it's up to you. We're not reviewing them here. I mean, true, I'm not... That's true. Well, you well, you kind of are by saying that you thought their IP, their IP was awful. Yeah. Their, their IP tastes like a... I mean, if you told me... If I was... But, if I was going to Asheville at some point and you told me there's a brewery down there whose IPA tastes like a Vienna lager, I'd want to know. And not a good one, right? Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like one of the bad oxidized ones. Right. I wouldn't want to like, oh, have that be a surprise. Yeah, I just feel like you know, if if I had the beers here and we were tasting them with the right mindset, because you know when you're out at a bar, it's a different story. But you I know, te- but I'm usually more lenient then, right? You know, there's been times where I've had a beer here, I'm like, eh, and then I re cork the bottle. Was and- Miller Lite a better beer? What's that? Was Miller Lite a better beer? What do you mean? Because you recently said you had Miller Lite, and you were surprised that you could actually taste some hops and stuff like that. Well, that was a while ago, but I, I don't remember it, the, the, the uh, scenario, situation. 
Uh, all right. So Asheville Brewing Company, been around forever. Their their flagship IPA is the one that is like it had this weird Munich malt thing that was not well done. Okay. You know, and it was not very hoppy. Uh, that, okay, that that's fair. Okay. We, we did one. We don't need to go through all of them. But yeah, with the one that that stuck out of my mind the most was the one where you said. Yeah, this is. I ordered an IPA in Beer City, USA, and it tastes yeah. like a bad being a lager. It's like, what am I? What are you guys doing? You can do better than that. So at the end of your trip, you finally drove back to Pittsburgh. Yes, and mm-hmm. here in the lovely town of Pittsburgh, Nick was in town because he just flew back from uh, from LA. Uh, he had um, he was only in town for that day because he went through Pittsburgh. It was cheaper than going to Philadelphia. And so we went out for uh, my pre-birthday. Wow, they capped those yeah. full. <laughs> the, the the beer on the growler is right is, up. Is, is a millimeter or two. It is about six millimeters from the top of the... Let's make that four millimeters from the top of the growler. This is this is the one I wanted to get when I got the, the Burr Gentleman beers last time. Uh, this is Lou is a they they've done it twice. This is their 2017 version. It's, it's brewed uh, for the ALS for ALS for ALS, which is what Lou Gehrig did, um, died from. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking has, has it. Yes, uh, it stained the thing on the growler. The little plastic rim on the growler is yellowish green. This is uh, looks kind of like a cream soda. It, it is just. Three fingers worth of hops and this yellowish. But like you hold it up to the light and it, it absorbs light. Yeah. It's like very like it's not glowing from the light. It's dark. This is the one that when I had it, it tasted like fruit juice. And this is, uh, this was the IPA. This was the one I really wanted to bring out the right. General Braddock. Even though General Braddock is really good, this was General Braddock was awesome. Yeah. And then what was the double that you brought? We did. Oh, some, I forget. We were a little bit dis. I mean. It was still delicious, but it wasn't as good as Braddock's, right. and definitely not as good as you thought this one was. Right, but we'll see. We'll see. Lots of mango and um, a little bit of rindy stuff. On the it has that smell that the Rheingeist had, the Astrodorf. It yeah. had that 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 creamy custardy um, pudding type coagulation of big of mosaic the... on here I think there's galaxy in here too yeah yeah definitely the, all the tropics all yeah. the good stuff mango uh, I'm getting a little bit dragon fruit on the nose you know something a little more sure I can see that dragon when I think dragon fruit I think something that's how do I put words? It, it's kind of no. I was gonna use. I was gonna try to use coconut as a benchmark. And I then, would say dragon fruit. I was gonna try to dial off the uncoconutty parts, but Brad, I don't know if that that's not a good, that's not a successful strategy. Dragon fruit to me is is best sort of I think done by saying blueberry honeydew, blueberry honeydew, a little bit of texture of like a water chestnut. Yeah. Yes. You you say blueberry honeydew, and now I'm tasting, <laughs> I'm tasting blueberries and honeydew in this thing in the first sip. It's all fruit juice. I mean, it is like big tropical fruit punch. <laughs> this is. Eight percent alcohol by volume. There's a little bit of boosting to this there. I would actually, I think it tastes more. I think it tastes like nine to eleven. Mm. It uh, it's juicy. Sure. Oh wow, that's good. Uh huh. Twenty dollars for this growler. This is not a cheap growler. Worth it. Yeah. That's good. There's kind of a, it must be like the lupulin, but there's kind of like a burny on my, like a spiciness to it. It's kind of like building on my tongue. A little bit. 
but the fruit juices are all like or i mean they're not they're not fruit juices they're just coming yeah, from the house yeah. but it's so it feels so like mild for what it is it, it, it feels like like a pineapple cocktail or something there's so much yeah there's a little bit of i think coconut you know there's a little bit of pina colada in there yeah mm-hmm The blueberries. I keep coming back to those blueberries. <laughs> probably more so the dragon fruit. Yeah, expression more. of it. Yeah, because it's not simply. Yeah, it's more. I, I agree. More the dragon fruit flavor than blueberries. The blueberries is a decent estimation, but it's like dialed, like less acidic blueberries is what how the dragon fruit blue mm-hmm. is flavor is. It's like. The blueberries, but like mildly yeah. acidic. The carbonation is also very, um, very fine, very soft, very mm-hmm. velvety. It does, you know, even with the growler feel, it, it feels perfect. It feels so. You got this filled two days ago. Yeah, it, it feels ideal. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it suffered any from. Being packaged well, right into the fridge, and... right, right. But I mean, it's still it's not in the keg. It's not in a uh, production right, prepared yeah. bottle. But they did. I mean, they filled it up the, the rim. Oh my goodness, that's crazy! <laughs> I take the cap off, and there's like two, three millimeters of headspace. <laughs> I think uh, the guy knows I'm a good tipper. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. That's. I mean, it's just. I'm getting more melon as I, as I'm tasting it. Mostly honeydew. I'm just latched onto those dragon fruit components. I guess that's that's what I'm calling home. It's, I mean, it's a real good beer. It's so, it's wet. It's well put together. It's got such like lovely bits to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's. I love it. I love the I love the shit out of it. I can't. I there's nothing bad about it. It's real good. It's real good. I think it's time to move on to the rankings. All right. So we had some. Uh, I I liked everything tonight quite a bit. I think there was a couple ones Greg didn't care for. Uh, I know there was two that Greg didn't care for nearly as much as the other three or four. Uh, I, even though that, I think that our rankings might be pretty similar because even though I didn't dislike the Wicked Weed and the uh, Swin Leaf as much as Greg did, I think they kind of, you know, sort themselves out in a similar place. I'm probably going to put that Wicked Weed in last place. I liked it. I'm That's what I'm going to, I'm going to finish that bottle in the post show. Uh... But for me, it was an ultra-complex beer to get into. And it had some pretty dumpstery smells going on up yeah, front. Yeah, sure did. Uh, and I'm not in the mood of, you know, back in the IBU war days where, like, give me the most bitter thing out there. <laughs> I want to, you know, I survived ruination right. you know i don't need my i survived ruination shirt excuse me so this one could have been refined quite a bit now that being said i enjoyed some of the, a lot of the things that were in there there was this saisony lambic thing going on that uh i thought was interesting but it was it took it was, it, was, it was a steep mountain to climb to get there I'm going to put the simple, no, I'm not. I'm going to put the uh, Bolter Beer Works in fifth place. Uh, It's a good, it's good Belgian pale ale. It is like a double. When when you, if you, if, 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 if you take a growler from a week later, it's much more like a double. Yeah. Um, that's the beer we had. Yeah, so on the 22nd when I had it, it was much more like a Duval. And I, I, 
the thing that impressed me there was the Belgian fermentation, how they really did a good job doing that. And that still carried through today. You got some great esters. It needed a little bit more carbonation to be a little bit more lively. But I thought that was a well-put-together beer. Good job, back, uh, Balter. I keep wanting to say Baxter, but Balter Beer Works. Let's see have it here. Don't ever forget to drink your Balter Beer cold. Cold. Yeah, I'm not sure Knoxville is super crafty. But, uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to put the Simple Machine in, from Twin Leaf in uh, fourth place. Fourth place. This really worked for me in the terms of hoppy lager. Uh, I've never had an IPL or adjacent beers that I really thought were good. I thought that the hops were all detracted, muted, bent away from being as bright and as good as they could have been by the lagering process or, you know, maybe the lack of esters opening up hops or something like that. This one brought the bright orangey citrusy hop flavors so, and and the there wasn't a big Pilsner malt or Munich malt type character. The malt was almost unobtru- unnoticeable, almost, in this beer. So it was really a showcase for the hops. And that worked for me. So I enjoyed that beer. Now we got the really interesting stuff. Um, how do I going to rank these? I'm going to put the Rheingeist, Astrodorf, in third place. I had 11 cans of that already. This is my 12th can. Um, <laughs> delicious. I totally understand why I had 11 cans of it, yeah. It, it's delicious. It is not Gus. That's right. Lou. Lou. Gus was the other one I think we had. Okay. Yeah. It is not Lou. Um, it is not Very like, few beers are. It's not next level bonkers Northeast style mm-hmm. hazy IPA. But for a canned readily available where I was in Cincinnati canned IPA it was it was it it was the thing it was very drinkable um enjoyed it quite a bit now do I put Lou or Kiss My Grits in first place because that Kiss My Grits was that was bonkers I mean such a well crafted lager and such a good use of corn it just go with your heart what is really good I'm going to put it in second place because Lou is just triple-level bonkers. Uh, yeah, so The Lost Province. I tasted a little sample of this and like, holy shit. And then I ordered a pint of this and then I ordered a growler of this. It And I knew Greg would love it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, He was right. Well-crafted southern lager. Corn grits. Tastes like one of the best cream ales that you'll have. Yep. And um, one out of a cream ale. It's a it's a harrowing journey to try to find a good cream ale. <laughs> but if it leads to something like this, then I'm happy with it. Yep. And then Lou from the Brew Gentlemen. The Brew Gentlemen do that they, they they've sold their souls to the devil because they, <laughs> they just make amazing stuff like in and out, day through, day after day. And uh yeah, this Lou is something special. The that dragon fruit character, that that melanie blueberry thing that's what i'm calling home that's what i'm latching onto, and i love every sip of it it's so it's so juicy so like full without being any without really having any like thing to, to turn you off mm-hmm. it's wonderful all right so yeah my first beer my number one beer is going to be brutal also but let me go through the my rankings in sixth place twin leaf for whatever reason, I, I do think it has a lot to do with the with the the flight, the, how this thing went out. But I did not the the twin leaf represented had like a twist in what we were doing and it turned in the show, and it was uh, it was the point where um, for those of you who are following in the story circle, it was uh, the flight into the unknown. Right? It was it was the I crossed the threshold with the twin leaf, uh, and I don't know. It wasn't it, there wasn't anything wrong with it. But the only reason why I'm putting it below the Wicked Weed is because, to me, the Wicked Weed tried something a little harder. They put a little more effort into it. Oh, aging and oak and all that mm-hmm. other stuff right now. Uh, and doing the whole fermentation in oak, the whole thing. So I'm going to give them points for that. But I poured out, the, or I, I gave you the rest of the Wicked Weed, and I didn't pour out the Twin Leaf, but I put the Twin Leaf in last place. So consider that how you will. I mean, whatever. 
Uh, I think they're kind of interchangeable. I'm giving them points on on, on Wikiweed for for doing the doing the business of, uh, of of making it harder for them to, to produce a mediocre beer. In fourth place, uh, I'm going to put the Balter Beer Works, the uh, the double that you claim is a <laughs> is a, is a pale, it's a Belgian it's a pale. pale. Uh, now I say Je- Jeff claims. I to- I'd fully accept that Jeff. Um, taste that Jeff had a uh, a Belgian pale ale but I had a double okay. I mean yeah that, that's what I had so I'm going to brew it I'm going to you know rank it on that sure and it was a decent double but I've had better mm-hmm. uh, then yeah the, the the top three are separated from the pack considerably I'm also going to I'm going to agree with you completely the Ryan Geist is in third place not much to say other than really drinkable really good and I want it like I want yeah. on, on my shelves uh, immediately, please. Like as soon as possible. Thank you. Uh, in second place, this Lost Province, this cream ale was fantastic. And yeah, I mean, search far and wide for a good cream ale because when you get them, they are special. There's something special, and that that's what you recognize. And that's why you got a growler of it because it's something special. But that Lou is something even more special. It's specialer. It is fantastic. That there's. Nothing I can say bad about it. I, I tasted it and I was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. I got to bring this to Jeff." And the first time I went back, that I went back that Sunday to grab more, and there wasn't any more. It had kicked, so I was really happy that uh, I went there at the end of the night with with Nick, mm-hmm. and there was more available. Woo 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 woo! woo. I was like, "Yes!" And I, I actually, I, I this happened. I went up to him and I said, can I have two growlers of blue? And they said, no, we can only give you one growler of blue. And so I had to take a growler of another thing. I haven't opened that either. But okay. It's like the double IPA. Then I had that was interesting, but it was not blue. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I guess that is the show. Uh, Jeff's vacation through the Midwest and South. Maybe mm-hmm. you're South. So we're gonna be and he doing... came back to Pittsburgh. And what do you know? Pittsburgh had... Everything Jeff wanted all along. There's no place like home. Or Mars. <laughs> craft beer is released under the Creative Commons license. Craft beer radio. Not just craft yeah. beer. <laughs> craft beer, yeah. No, craft beer is definitely not. <laughs> definitely not released under the Creative Commons license. There are many trademarks and copyrights yes. and other kinds of intellectual property in craft beer. But Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons. On the other hand, Craft Beer Radio, Creative Commons, all the way. Use it how you want, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Visit our our information from our website. Go for us. (laughs) Go for colon slash slash. Right. CBR.edu. Check out our news group at MTP. (laughs) (laughs) Alt.beer.radio.craft. Dot beer dot radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Twitter at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Oh, yes, that's me. At CBR Greg. At Craft Beer Radio. Emails beer at craftbeerradio.com. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show. We had fun. As you can tell, how silly we're being right now. And yep. Uh, yep. I guess we'll talk at you again real soon. To my mother, my dog, and clowns But the film is a sad thing for Cause I wrote it ten times or more It's about to be written again As I ask you to vote